0: Hey everyone, I'm Fredo and I'm Benji and this is Apes on Tape podcast. Welcome. Merry Christmas everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I know it's been a while. We will make an effort to make these more regular but sometimes life gets in the way. Benji, how are you? Oh, oh holy crap, it's Christmas. <laughs> Hello.
1: Hello, obviously to all the all the listeners, but hello to you, man. I haven't seen you on a, in a podcast format for a long time, and you know it's uh, uh, it's great to see a shiny face there, and I, I'm really looking forward to just uh, spinning a yarn for uh, for uh, for an hour or so and uh, seeing what's been going on. Really,
0: thanks so much, man. Yeah, um, I'm very excited. I, it's Christmas, and I love Christmas, and yeah, and just <laughs> I'm just stoked. How, how's Christmas going for you?
1: Uh, yeah, it's good, man. I've just uh, I've just arrived back in in Tunbridge Wells. Uh, I've just been in Devon for a couple of days with Roz and her family, uh, and now I'm here, nice and still, ready for the festivities. I'm going Christmas shopping today. I'm going to get a duck. Uh, I'm very excited. Nice. So yeah, it's uh, it, things are looking good. Things are looking festive, my friend. The tree is up. It's it's a sight. It's a sight. The tree, to be honest, Mum's tree is phenomenal. It's the talk of the neighbourhood. <laughs> sits in the window, sits on a taller table so that it looks. You know, oh, so nice! That it sits up to the bay window, so it looks as if it's massive. Mm. And from the street, it just is a, a warming sight, and perfectly decorated. Oh, a lovely so, bit of so festive I to...
0: window dressing! Like it, like pump oh, it up, uh, you know, like putting lifts in your shoes. Like, yeah, I'm really this tall. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it looks great. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's kick off how we always do, man. Uh, what are you grateful?
0: For. Oh, well, I'm glad you are. Well, basically, I'm, like at the moment, I'm just filled with <laughs> gratitude about Christmas. Uh, I love that I've got a Christmas tree up. There's been a few Christmases in the past where I haven't had a Christmas tree and I felt a little bit down. And this Christmas has been amazing. Um, one of the main things I'm grateful for, really, is to have, have a lovely, beautiful girlfriend to spend Christmas with. Uh, I've mm. made a lovely advent calendar with lots of little things for her every day. So, like, they're little... The little cards, and sometimes they're like Christmas coupons. Like one was like, uh, "Oh, this entitles you to a twenty-minute foot massage. You know, redeemable anytime." And she <laughs> loved that. She loved yeah. that. And then some of them are just jokes. You know, like um, uh, or like you know, uh, one of them said, "Oh, did you did you know that Santa's into old school hip hop?" And then when you open it up, there's a there's a picture of Santa, and he looks like a real gangster. It says "gangster rapper," spelt with a W, and. uh... <laughs> So, yeah, it's just it's yeah. some of them are, like, silly, some of them are, like, little sayings and, like, doodles and drawings, and some of them mm. are little, little Christmas coupons, which are lovely, and she loves to redeem them, like little, little massages or little, maybe some... Well, I'm sweaty. sure she does, yeah, because yeah. from what
1: I've heard, they're a little more explicit than uh, a foot massage <laughs> on occasion, so... Uh... She's well, a lucky, lucky lady. Yeah, well,
0: they've been ramping up. You know, the, the closer we get to Christmas, the yeah, the prize gets a little bit Ooh, bigger. But yeah. What's
1: going to happen on 24, eh? Well, hey, well who knows? What sort of know? coupon have you delivered there?
0: <laughs> As it's ramping up. Uh, yeah, they've been getting pretty cool. I did a, quite a special one, which I want to share because it's quite a funny story. Uh, there, was, there was like a, a breadcrumb of clues, which was really cool. So one of them, it said, oh, divert your eyes for this prize go back to when we had our first kiss. And so she was like, oh, amazing. So she jumped to the couch and she was looking all around the couch and she couldn't find anything. I was like, she's like, oh, this is where we had our first kiss. And I was like, read it again. And and it said, when we had our first kiss. And we had our first kiss on April the 1st. So she rushes back to the advent calendar and goes in number one. And it says, ah, oh, you think you're clever, but you've made an error. You're eight months too early. And she was like, hmm, what the hell? Like, And and then in the, in the end, she figured out that, you know, if the advent calendar... Is December, the first of eight, you know, and eight months early. Where's she going to find the first of April? It was on the calendar. So she goes to the calendar. There's the next clue. And it says, where have you seen one of these before? And there's like a little stocking. So she rushes to the tree because there's a little stocking hanging up there. She reaches inside. There's another note. And it says... Dreaming of a white Christmas, and you open it up, and it says "Jingle my balls, baby."
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then uh, there on the back it said, "Like look under the tree," and there was a puzzle game. Uh, <laughs>
1: Good. So the so it wasn't the gift wasn't some semen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, no. That'd that be was... a
1: shit advent calendar.
0: <laughs> that, that was that was that was day twenty-three. <laughs> No, uh, no. This one was when it, it was fun. It was one of those puzzle games that uh, I've spoken about before. They're like really, they're like an escape room in an envelope. Um, so she really enjoyed that. Uh, so that, that that was that was really fun. But the interesting thing about this story is that when she went to the couch to like look around, she like op- she like lifted up the the couch cushion and she was like, "No way, is it fifty euros?" And I was like, "No, <laughs> don't be silly." I was like, oh, "That's a bit much." She was like, "Oh, okay," and then just put the couch cushion back down. I was like, "Why is there fifty euros under there?" She's like yeah I was like no way that's amazing so like (laughs) I and I found 50 euros but the the bizarre thing was she just thought like that's where I kept my money and she just put the couch cushion down I was like yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) well that must be an advent calendar for another day or that's a different (laughs) thing going on I'll just leave that where it was nice well Merry Christmas all around then 50 euros is is a fantastic find for
0: anyone I mean, yeah, that was only day 14, man. I mean, crikey, yeah. Mm. If, I mean, what, if it's going to... Yeah, imagine like, oh, there's just money everywhere. There's just cash coming out of the advent <laughs> calendar.
1: God, I didn't realise Fredo was loaded.
0: <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, what I'm really grateful for is the opportunity to get creative. I've like made loads... I, like, I love Christmas because I get to make Christmas cards. I get to make creative gifts and one of them I sent to you, and uh, you opened it this morning. And um, yeah, I was thrilled to make it for you. It's a beautiful piece of artwork that uh, um, yeah it meant a lot to me when I made it. And yeah, and you received it this morning. No, well, it means a lot to me as well. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, let me just um, echo what you've
1: just been saying. You are such a great um, Christmaser. You are mm. you're, you're so fantastic. You're you're so alive with the spirit of Christmas uh, around this time, and it's uh, it's so nice to see. I, I, I'm I'm not. I'm no Ebenezer Scrooge. I'm not a Grinch. But you know, uh, I, I I'm not as festively aligned as you might be. Mm-hmm. But it, it, I like to be dragged into it. You know, sort of kicking and screaming. I like to, you know, sort of keep my reservedness and be like, ah, bah, humbug. But actually, <laughs> secretly, when someone's like, "Come on, jingle your balls," I'm like, oh, okay <laughs> then. <laughs> and uh, and you do that fantastically you've always got such a great vibe around it and you always do christmas cards and i, I receive one every year which is which is very sweet and i not, not once have i sent you one which makes me feel terrible but to be honest you're you're just a, you're just a lot better at it than i am yeah i'm still and, waiting um, i'm still waiting <laughs> keep waiting buddy <laughs> um but uh yeah no you 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 do a fantastic job and uh, it's really nice to be here. we've done a festive podcast um uh, before and it's it it's, it's a lot of fun and I'm sure this one will be also but uh, yeah in reference to the present I mean you know what I, I came I came home yesterday and I was a little bit I was a little bit down um things have been a bit tough recently I'll get into that later I guess and um, and I just got back to a, a package from you and I was like oh, I know this is just going to be full of like lo- love and delight and festive cheer. And I waited to open the uh, the present. I was going to open it on Christmas Day. Uh, I opened the cards, and they were they were full of some you know wonderful writings and some some little treats that I, I won't mention. But let's just say that you know you're quite the quite the psychedelic Santa uh, <laughs> around these times, and it's uh, it's just what you need sometimes. So uh, so it's great but the artwork itself it's a shame we're not on video so I could show it to um to the listeners as well but it's a beautiful piece of artwork on a on a small wooden canvas of two uh, two apes much like the apes you see on the cover of our apes on Tapes podcast riding uh riding a mushroom roller coaster and uh, yeah it's a uh, it's a great piece of art it's really really wonderful I won't go on about it too much cuz you guys can't see it nah, 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 nah. but yeah. Uh, yeah I love it and um Thank you so much. It's uh, it's it's a it's a great gift, and you have a great talent. And um, you know, I mean, when I'm <laughs> when I'm at my house, uh, my my room is basically wall to wall with uh, with artwork that you've done me. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's it's nice stuff to look at, man. Thank you very much.
0: Well, you're very very welcome. It's actually a, a piece of artwork I've wanted to do for ages for myself. It's such a great idea for you know it's. The meaning behind it is like you know two apes on tape, you know, like or or you know two monkeys on the roller coaster of life, you know, ups and downs. You know, be grateful for the good times, be graceful in the low times. You know, one of the monkeys is like smiling, being like, "Whoa, hey!" The other monkey's a bit like, "Oh, crikey, what's going on?" And um, and that <laughs> is symbolic of like either uh you know it could be like the same person you're know, like like sometimes you're like worried about life sometimes you're like stoked about life but you know ups and downs and also the fact that you know the analogy of life is a roller coaster every roller coaster ends up back where it started you know so if you sort of come mm. from the big mushroom in the sky and then you know you mm. go through all the life's ups and downs and then you end up back there mm. and you're like whoa you get off and you're like what a ride you want to go again <laughs> yeah. okay let's do it yeah
1: exactly exactly yeah, that's wonderful, man. It's uh, yeah, it's very, it's a, uh, it's a wonderful sentiment, and uh, yeah, oh, it's especially, especially poignant right now, and I'll, I'll, I'll treasure it forever. So thank you.
0: No worries, man. I just wanted to say also say that um, like when I said that's a piece of artwork I wanted to do for ages, I wanted to do it for myself, but uh, as it is, when you've got like all the time in the world and you, you're not working and you're like, oh yeah, I should really do that piece of artwork, it never get, it never comes, and then you're like, oh my god, mm. Benji would love that. That would be the best Christmas present ever. And two days, I'm just like smashed it out. Like it felt like I was just fl- it was just flowing through me, and I was like, "Oh my mm. god, man! This is what I'm capable of. Like if I I could do like three and a half pieces of artwork like this a week, you know, like this is yeah. you know I probably get a lot better at it as well. Like where's the motivation? But yeah. you give me you give me like a motivation for like kindness or a Christmas gift and a deadline, and I am flying. Mm. My creativity spikes to like eleven, you know. And I was mm. I was stoked uh, to to actually create the artwork because I forget how much fun it is creating uh a piece mm. of art you know it's 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 wonderful giving it it's wonderful having that like oh he'll love that but it's beautiful making it and um yeah so it was it was awesome anyway let's not um i'll stroke my ego too much <laughs> it was uh, it was a lovely thing <laughs> and uh like i say christmas is a time for me to get creative and and i love it and there's lots more creative things that i've done for people but i won't bang on about it um let's segue into what you are grateful for my good man yeah, grand.
1: Okay. Well, um, well. Uh, this morning, I was grateful for you, um, mainly because of you know your present and your kind kind words. Uh, but on a in a larger scale, recently, um, <clears throat> I've been incredibly grateful for uh, my support network, which is incredibly diverse, you know, widely spread, uh, meaningful, and uh, and and deep. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm incredibly lucky to have it. Uh, I sometimes think that you know, if you're listening to this podcast, that you you you, you might get the impression that we are, you know, incredibly uh, happy, go lucky, always look on the bright <laughs> side of life. And sometimes I have uh, you know uh, an apprehension or or, or or a fear that you know that's that's a little bit difficult for for people sometimes. And it, you know, life has its ups and downs, as you're just explaining on this roller coaster. And it's not always easy to look on the bright side of life, and you know things things happen that are tough. And and um, you know if someone is just always chipper all the time, it's important that it's not you know you're not repressing the the hard times. You're, you're mm-hmm. not uh, you know you don't leave space for, for people to have a hard time. And um, and I think that you know that that's that's something that I've been. Thinking about recently is, is I've been going through a particularly hard time, and um, it's uh, it's been wonderful to have um, <clears throat> to have as much support as as I have. It's phenomenal, and I, I guess you know <laughs> to to speak uh, in light of what I've just said, you you caught me at a good time because I'm sort of you know I, I'm sort of getting a hold of it at the moment, and it's uh, it has been a rough couple of months, and uh, and you know as it is now on this you know performative platform of a podcast that I, I actually sound pretty good and mm. you know life's not all that bad and you know I'm very grateful for the sport network but actually you know it's been it's been uh, it's been a rough couple of months that I, I would not have made it through uh, as well as I have without people like my, my amazing girlfriend Roz, her family, my mum and, uh, and, and countless friends that I you know that I value so much mm. <clears throat> so that's what I'm grateful for.
0: Well I want to echo that back to you as well man. So um oh uh, I want to mention that I've also been invited to co-host another podcast which is called Let's Be Frank and it's a podcast about uh men's mental health. And we were speaking about the pillars of the five pillars of mental health and one of them is connection and one of them yeah, yeah, yeah. and basically I just wanted to thank you man cuz you are my uh what can I say? You are my you are my pillar of mental health man. You keep my me- like without you I think my mental health would be so much worse. Like I have you, uh, you are like my, Oh, you're my go to man. Like I love it. I eat like the, the friendship and connection that we have is so special and it's so rare. Like I spoke about it on the podcast, uh, on let's be frank. I was like, if you don't have that, it's hard to find. It's like, you know, reach out and, and you know, if, if you're struggling, reach out to someone, but sometimes you don't have someone to reach out to. Um, chris mm. said recently that she was i said oh you've got so many friends i feel like you've got so many f- more friends than me and she said yeah but i don't have a benji and i was like oh mm. yeah fuck like not not a, le- not, <laughs> not a lot of people have a benji oh, you know
1: bless her yeah well no okay well and, not a lot of people have a freddo either man and and yeah i guess it's i guess it's kind of sad um well that's that's a bit harsh it's it, yeah you know it is sad like you know this is this is something that we've cultivated over a long period of time. We've had a lot of help doing it, you know, some, some psychedelic help and obviously the help of this platform. And I think you've mentioned before that, you know, podcasting is not a zero sum game. The more people do it, the better. And mm. I just think that what we get to do like this has obviously fed into the rest of our lives as well. Cause if I'm on a long drive, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on the phone to you and you know, we've been known to talk for up to four hours at a time and it's incredibly valuable to have someone that you can just you know just get into that deep deep stuff with Mm. and we really do and obviously the podcast is a performance to to an extent so it, it, you know maybe it's not as as deep as it sometimes is or as sad as it sometimes is when it's just you and me on the phone but we've we've cultivated that relationship that that allows that and i guess you know what you what What one would really hope to inspire is that, you know, other people, you know, sit down and take the time and, you know, find a person that you can just shoot the shit with. And um, I I have no doubt that it's incredibly valuable for both of us just to have someone that like, you know what, this is a fucking, excuse my language, this is a very hard time. I, I actually need to tell someone about it. And we have both improved at the skill of listening over the Mm. years that we've done this um we don't interrupt each other like we used to you just you sit and listen And fortunately for both of us i think that's translated into into other relationships in life you know it's it's easier it makes it easier to listen Mm. um you, you understand how how much more effective it is to just sit and be quiet and point all your attention at someone while they talk until they're finished and and then you say, you say whatever might be, might be helpful or you've got to say, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I'm super grateful for I, you. I'm super grateful for this.
0: I have to agree, man. I think the podcast <clears throat> has helped that so much, like speaking, especially doing remote podcasts. Like, uh, I feel like, I don't know, like having that, like, Oh, you speak, then I speak and then that's translates into like long you know four hour phone calls sometimes you know Mm -hmm. and you're like oh you know like yeah you just let me know what's going on and then i'll patiently just sort of listen and then i'll offer advice and like recent and also like the voice notes man like we send each other the best voice notes i tell i reckon we could make a podcast out of the voice notes alone um some Mm -hmm. of the voice notes that we send each other apart from them being too personal i realize sometimes i really wish that we could uh, release an anonymous podcast or with, with like voice changes, like you know, yeah. Frodo and Benjina, like. You
1: know, like <laughs> oh yeah, no one would crack that code.
0: And uh, yeah, it's just so. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's so good. Like for example, I sent you something I was struggling with, and it was basically a four-minute rant. And I I don't normally do that. I like to think of myself as quite a positive person, but I needed to vent. I needed to get it off my chest. And then you replied mm. just so beautifully, like. Thanks, man. Thanks for sharing that with me. And I was like, really? That sounded like I was just moaning the whole time. You were like, no, I completely understand. You know, when you know, cause it was about my car and you were like, you know, a car is not not just a car. A car is freedom. And, you know, when a car, you know, is, is, is on the fritz, it's incredibly stressful. And I was like, isn't it? Oh, my God. Thanks so much. And that <laughs> solidarity for, you know, for you to reflect back and. And I love that, you know, like, and like I say, it's so, so valuable. And I, if I didn't have it, my mental health would be so much worse. And I think vice versa. And I think we're, I'm just incredibly grateful for that connection. And I think mm. if anyone is struggling with their mental health, then, you know, to have that, um, I think loneliness on top of of mental health struggles mm. can culminate in so many unhealthy habits, un- unhealthy coping mm. mechanisms that I've slipped into recently and, and in the past. And, um, you know, one of my friends well it's more of a friend well he's a friend but a friend of a friend confided in uh her that he would he'd been struggling loads recently and and gone into some unhealthy um coping mechanisms and i was like oh my god i relate to that so much i completely relate to that and you know mm. he is he needs a friend like like you or like me you know and and that makes me think oh crikey if, if i didn't have you i would be i could end up in a hole <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. Well, friendships are pretty, pretty important thing, I guess. And it's, uh, I guess it's not, it's all very well to sit here and be like, Oh, if you don't have this, you should go and get this, but it's not something that just, uh, you know, comes along your, your way, um, without any work, I guess you have to, I guess you have to look for it. You have to, you know, you nurture a relationship and, and feed it and grow it. And it takes, it takes a lot of time. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's something worth having. I, I spoke earlier, I said, um, it's been, it's been a, it's been a tricky couple of months and, um, <clears throat> That's largely because uh, a, a dear, dear friend of mine, um, she was uh, diagnosed with cancer over a year ago and has, uh, has recent, recently died, sadly. Um, her funeral's in, in a couple of weeks. And um, she's, um, she's written this beautiful piece of writing that she's called uh, Vitamin F, mm-hmm. and uh, F, F is for friends. And uh, I mean, she she read it to me uh, maybe maybe a few weeks ago, uh, maybe a month ago before she died, and we were both sat in her conservatory. She read it and just absolutely bawling her eyes up. Um, obviously, we were both aware that you know her her death was imminent. Um, we didn't realise at the time quite how imminent, but um, but nonetheless, it was it was poignant, and um, it's a beautiful piece of writing that alludes to the fact that. Friendship is what gives you, you know, a healthy, wonderful life and, and you know, he- uh, healthy to the extent that it is more healthy for you to have friends uh, than it is less healthy for you to smoke and drink. So, mm. you know, one could be a smoker, or a drinker and have some have some great friends and they'll be healthier than someone that, you know, doesn't have any friends and and doesn't smoke and drink. Um she doesn't go into such specific detail about you know it's it's health benefits but it is a beautiful piece of writing and uh and it's one i'm looking forward to reading uh at her funeral uh, i'm sure i'm sure i'll find it tricky and there'll be some there'll be some tears but it's uh, it's a great piece of writing
0: that sounds really lovely man do you think that you would be up for sharing it on the podcast maybe not today but in the future
1: yeah absolutely yeah i will i've, I've had a little fiddle with it and i'm uh, giving it a bit of a bit of structure and a bit of a bit of rhythm and uh, yeah it's uh, it's a lovely piece of writing that i hope
0: uh, i hope will go far yeah that sounds great i mean we've spoken in the past about how barbara had a i, I mean i want to choose my words carefully but like a pretty decent send-off like you know if, if you're going to die like knowing you like roughly your i guess like expiry date and having friends around you and having the love you know is preferable to just like you know getting hit by a bus one day or you know suffering in, in in other ways you know having that you know acknowledging acknowledging that you're passing over to the other side is is mm. almost a, is almost a gift as, as sad as it is you know it's you know it's probably one of the best ways to go I mean does that give you any solace like that she you know felt so much love before she passed a hundred percent
1: it's uh, it, it's a one I've actually said for a, for a very long time that if if I go you know it it seems like there's a lot of really crap ways to leave this world Mm. uh, you know painfully uh, in a drawn-out way you know forgetting your loved ones Mm. uh, you know it there's deteriorating diseases and and cancer to me seems like a pretty reasonable uh, a reasonable exit depending on the you know the different types Mm. It, it can be it can be quite painful but uh, to have a disease that will sort of slowly carry you off, and you can choose to stay along, stay a bit longer if you like, at the cost of you know possibly some some quality, um, or you can just sort of you know slowly walk out, and you do have this time to you know soak up all that glory. And, and Barbara did that incredibly, incredibly well for it was sixteen months that she from diagnosis to death. And you know, she went on holidays. She went to festivals. Mm. She was going out for dinner. She she really really lived her life to the full. Made a great job of it, spending time with friends and family. And you know, she's got some wonderful memories, and given wonderful memories mm. to you know to her family and friends uh, because of her because of her tenacity to continue to live a, a vibrant and full life. And things deteriorated towards the end with you know, her, her ability to use her, her limbs and her fingers and it was a thing called neuropathy, which basically sort of takes away the, um, the sensation in your, in your extremities. Uh, and that became difficult, but, um, mm-hmm. but for the most part, she did an incredible job and it was, it was inspirational. And, I, and I've said many times it was incredibly graceful. Um, and then, you know, she was absolutely surrounded by, by love. Um, she didn't have a, uh, uh, an immediate family of her own she didn't have a uh, a partner or or kids but she has you know she has a brother she has a sister uh, nieces and nephews and, and an incredibly wide and diverse circle of friends that were all you know queuing up to mm. to see her and, and you know wave her go goodbye so to speak
0: yeah i'd have to say that if uh, if i had to choose uh, a way to go that would probably you know if, if if you say you can have this it it depends like like when like next year or like you know in like 20 mm. years i'd be like yeah i mean well i guess whenever you know, i guess you don't get to choose do you but i think it would be mm. nice to you know get your affairs in order you know tell everyone you mm. love them and be like okay cool you know we've got, everyone's got to go right you know like you know how old is mm. barbara barbara is 75
1: yeah so i mean that's she, it's not it's not a tragic age but it, it's it's uh, it's certainly
0: it was certainly before before that time yeah i guess um with all due respect like after 75 your health will naturally decline anyway Mm. um as 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 much as you could make some beautiful memories like you know 75 Mm. years uh in relatively good health isn't guaranteed to anyone you know uh Mm. if you could take that you know if you could take that bet now you know you might live to 90 but i can guarantee 75 you'd be like yeah, I'll probably guarantee 75. Like, I, I don't know. Like, mm. I, I would, uh, personally. Well,
1: yeah, you certainly would now. But the, the thing is, when, when one gets to that sort of age, they, they still feel young. They still feel they've got mm. a lot in the tank, for the most part. And, you know, bless Barbara, you know, she, it, was a, it was a very healthy walkout, for the most part. Uh, but then it was, was a very quick deterioration in, in a matter of weeks that uh, that led her led her to the end and and yeah, i could you know she spoke to me and she said that she, you know she felt it was too soon it's happened too quick and it did feel too quick yeah. because you know it was it was it was continuing a, a, a manageable understandable pace and then suddenly it was like oh this actually shouldn't be happening this isn't this isn't the way we uh, we wanted it to go but i mean you know when is when is it going to be the way you wanted it to go when someone's
0: got to leave yeah yeah exactly exactly so um how have you been dealing with it man um yeah good question pretty 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 terribly honestly um uh it's
1: yeah it it, it's been rough and i've been so i've just been phenomenally lucky to have the people i have around me like you like the conversations i've had with you about it and and Roz has been an absolute rock and a pillar. Like you know, she's she's been unwavering in her in her support. And it's uh, I you know, every time I've had a, a hard moment, I've just she's just been right there, propping me up. And, and you know, it's been a hard job because you know, I, I've needed I've needed quite a bit of propping. And um, yeah, I, I, interestingly enough, I, you know, I, I sort of said like, Barbara was was very much like a parent to mm. me um uh m- my father died when i was when i was very young so like 18 months and um and barbara uh was my mum's best friend from from their early 20s they've been best friends for 50 years she was her maid of honor they uh they met at the at church together in their 20s and they were the uh, by by mum and barbara's uh um reference they were the ant and deck of their of their (laughs) church like that people people didn't know who was who they were like barbara or marion barbara (laughs) marion just like what are one of those two you know hello um, ant or (laughs) deck exactly and um and yeah they shared a really close life together they bought a house together and um and and barbara was was incredibly supportive and and there for mum and of course for me when when my dad died um and Obviously, I didn't. I don't remember um, really having a father or losing a father. And funny enough, I've, I've sort of said, "Oh, this is this is the first time I've I've lost anyone that close to me." Mm. Um, when of course that's actually not true. It's just that I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I have. This is the second time I've lost a parent in inverted commas, but I just don't remember the first time. Yeah. of um, course. So I, I imagine it's bringing up a lot of a, a lot of memories, a lot of feelings that I, you know, my little one and a half year old felt uh, self felt, and uh, I've had a poignant realization quite recently, actually. Um, uh, you know, Layla, Christian, and Grace's uh, little yeah little angel that I'm, you know, infatuated with, in love mm-hmm. with. Um, she is uh, she's one. Uh, she's one one one. One year, one month now, and they recently sent me a video of her, and she's uh, she's just pootling around the house. She's got a little rucksack on, and she's, very cool. She's sweeping just like her father would like her to be, and um, and it struck me just watching that video. I was like, oh wow, what a little person,
0: mm. what
1: a little human, and um, and I suddenly thought, wow, you know, this this little human that's you know, you know, sweeping and and you know, chatting away. I was like wow if you took her father away she'll she'd know about that she'd really yeah. know about that and that was the first time I'd viscerally felt like some sort of connection or or sorrow for for the little one and a half year old that I was I was like oh wow just wow. cuz I don't remember it like I would have really known about that when that happened and it suddenly mm-hmm. gave me this insight into like oh actually that one and a half year old you know went through Went through something pr- pretty f- horrific for them at that time, mm. for me at that time, and um, yeah, I guess I, I guess I feel that a lot of those feelings are being are being brought to the surface, and it's uh, yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a mess. Don't really know how to handle it. She's a, she's a, she's a, she's a great light um, and has been a, a massive ally for me, and you know certainly certainly I'm 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 sad to miss her. And Ironically, in this in this difficult time, I'm like, oh, I really like to talk to Barbara about this difficult mm. time actually, and uh, you know, obviously, uh, I have, I've talked to her, I've, I've written written to her, and you know, oh, that's lovely,
0: her, but, yeah, that's so nice, yeah. and I think that's so poignant what you said. I hadn't really considered that, but yeah, when you look at a one a one year old and be like, oh wow, yeah, like. I might not remember, but, like, that person experienced that, and that those memories are mm. somewhere. They were, like, formative years for me. And then all of a sudden, mm. a father figure just disappears one day, mm. and then there's sadness, mm. and, and, you know, you don't understand. Like, you don't understand. You're still mm. figuring out how to walk and how to, you know, potter about. and um, mm. But, yeah, there is something going on. There's something, you know, oh, that that man that was in my life, you know, like, you know, the man with the cool beard, you know, like, you know, he was... Yeah. Um, you know the man mm. that you know that, that that looks like me you know like when i look at pictures I be like oh my mm. god you know that like the mm. that mirror image of, of the of the man has disappeared mm. at, at a, yeah because obviously the same thing happened to me when i was um 7 um mm. my dad died and again i've spoken about it before but the the i don't feel the trauma i think that um my mm. memories like Every time I've recalled the memory, I've washed over the emotions with the facts of what has happened. And I think, oh, yeah, that's, you know, but that, you know, if, if if I look at a seven-year-old and then all of a sudden their father passes away, he's going to know about that. Mm. He's going to feel that, you know, like, like I said mm. before that I don't remember crying. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, you know, I, I didn't cry when my dad died. Mm. I feel like that's crazy. And then my mom was like, yeah, you did. You were crying. I was mm-hmm. like, really? Mm. why don't I remember crying? And I think it's probably like a Mm. protective mechanism of my psyche to be like, Oh, you know, you don't Mm. need to remember that sadness. Let's just move on. Mm. But it's there somewhere. And Mm. I can, I can kind of feel you like what you're going through now with, with, with the loss of another parent, you know, Mm. um, being like, Oh shit. Like this must've been how I felt, you know, analogous to how I felt as a, as a, as a, you know, Mm. as a, as a, very small child.
1: Yeah, it was a it was a very interesting and very helpful realization. It was incredibly visceral, just in that moment seeing Layla and just understanding her as a person, and then attributing that you know that awareness and that you know humanness uh, to to what you know uh, you know even six months older than 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 Layla is now at, at the time. And yeah, it's a, I guess it's a it's big. And I guess what I feel interestingly at the moment is. Is a lot of inefficacy in in my in my coping. I, I feel like a child going through it. I'm not I'm not handling it in a in a good way. I'm I'm very angry. Um, uh, yeah, I, I I don't feel terribly controlled. I'm irritable. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it it feels it feels like a it feels like a kid going through it, and and I'm I'm not I'm not ashamed of it. But I am like, oh, you're you not handling this terribly well. Like it's it, you know it's almost like you're a one and a half year old going through this, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe maybe that's what that is. But you know, I guess you know, like I say, I've got amazing amazing people around me that are, you know that love me for you know for more than I am on a day to day basis, and you know have have a faith that you know I'm, I'm not uh, an angry uh, you know idiot. And um, thankfully, they're there to support me regardless. So it's well, pretty, I mean, I'm pretty damn lucky. Very damn lucky. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm not there with you every day, and I'm certainly not inside your head, but from the outside, it looks like you are handling it well. You're handling it. it's grief, man. Like, you know, how well does one handle it? You know, like there isn't like a, you don't have, well, I mean, you don't really have a comparison, do you? Like, or maybe you do, but like, it's kind of, I don't know, it's, I think. I think you're handling it quite well. Um, you know, you could be handling it worse, uh, I, I think. But, you know, I guess that's not really up to me mm. to say that. But I guess that's just from the outside looking in and the conversations that we've had. I feel like, you know, you, mm. you, you're you sticking to your your routines. You know, you're getting up and meditating. You're, you're journaling. Maybe you're not exercising as much as you want to. But, it, you know, it's Christmas, <laughs> man. Like it's. Uh, mm. But, yeah, I think, you know... Things are—I don't know, like like you say—you've got a great support network. Uh, all so, so much mm. things to be grateful for as well. So, F- funny enough, actually, uh, when I talk about not
1: handling it very well, one of the, one of the things that's very loud is is, is anger. And I've just I've just started, I've just taken taken to a new thing, which is I, I'm shouting uh, in the car. Oh, myself really? When, with the windows <laughs> up, and you know, I, I had a recent um, session with with, with my therapist Emily, and she was talking about, you know, um, you know, when am I angry? And I was like, I don't really get angry. Um, It's not really me. And she was like, Well, why not? Like, uh, and a friend of mine said something that made me very angry recently, and I didn't react, I was alone in the car, and it was to a voice note, and I just didn't react. And actually, I, you know, I wrote a message and deleted it and rewrote it. And then I was happy with the way I handled it. And she was like, so you didn't react, you didn't do anything. And it was just sort of this little bubbling, this in, internal bubbling. It's like you got you gotta let that out sometimes mm. because uh, anger is something that I've I've had a problem with in uh, in the past. And uh, you know, it's uh, it's a realization for me that you know maybe maybe it needs to come out more more than I more than I let it out. And um, interestingly enough, this is something that you'll you'll um, well not necessarily empathize with, but I, I don't know, you're someone I'd like to tell it to. Because um, I guess in a, at a similar sort of time, we both not gave up alcohol, but like sort of went off it. Mm. And um, it's not uh, a lot of people often like celebrate it. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's amazing. that you, you know, you don't drink. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. I just don't really want to. It's not like yeah. I'm abstaining. I'm yeah. just really not that interested in it. Like occasionally I, I do have a drink and, and let my hair down. Um, but for the most part, it's not really, I, uh, you know, I could give up alcohol tomorrow and never, mm. never drink it again and not feel, feel the worst for it. Um, and that's been the case for maybe like five, five years, yeah. four years now. And then recently just, uh, I think before Barbara died, actually, I, uh, I came home and I was just, I just had this burning sensation to just grab a bottle of spirits. So I was like, wow. I really just wanted like go to the cupboard, grab a bottle of spirits, and and neck it. And I was really taken aback by mm-hmm. that sensation. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa! You haven't felt that in in four years at least. You would never in a stressful situation, like a- anyone can attribute to. You know, when you come home, you've had a stressful day. And you're like, oh, I need a glass of wine. Or, oh, I need a cigarette. My my go to is usually haribo uh, that's my crutch and that's you know that's not a terribly toxic uh crutch it is a crutch nonetheless but you know it's it's one which i'm i'm happy to yeah i'm happy to harbor um it's not too detrimental like you know i clean my teeth and yeah yeah whatever but um but yes feeling that sensation to be like oh you know what i just i, I just want to like pss, just destroy myself i just want i just want to neck Next Spirits was, was quite scary. I was like, Oh shit. I and I saw a version of myself that was, you know, five or six years old and I was like, Oh, that's not a good that's not a good guy. He's a dangerous guy. Mm. He's um uh, you know, he, he's 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 likely to fall into into patterns and holes and it was quite a fearful time. And I, I came home the following day and mum had just gone to see Barbara with a friend of hers and they'd come back and been like, Oh, you know what, I think I need a brandy And they'd had a brandy. Mum had only finished, she'd had a sip and then realised she had to drive. So the brandy was left out on the side, the bottle and half a glass of it. And I, I looked at it for two days, like still battling with this internal feeling. And I was like, oh, this is not going away. I literally just want to, you know, sink into a bottle. Wow. And I was really, really scared. Um, and I ended up pouring it all away. And mum was like, what the hell have you done with all the brandy? I was like, I'm really sorry. I had to pour it away. I was, I was scared. I was just going to, just going to. Just gonna grab it
0: and, wow. you know, fortunately I didn't. But it was a, uh, yeah, fearful sensation. So how did your mum react when you told her that?
1: Yeah, she was interested to to know, uh, you know, what I was. Yeah, she got it. She, you know, she's she's not precious about alcohol. She's, you know, she doesn't really like it herself at the best. Of no, terms. I meant it like,
0: how did she react when you when she when you said that you had the urge to drink it? I had to throw it away because otherwise I was going to drink it.
1: Hmm. Um, yeah, she was, uh, she was interested to hear, you know, what, you know, why and, uh, and, and what, you know, what I was going through, I guess. And, uh, yeah. and her friend Joy was there as well. And, you know, we, you know, we, it was nice to have a chat about it and just, you know, excavate that, that sensation and just, you know, get it out there.
0: Yeah. There are so many unhealthy ways to deal like coping mechanisms and i think alcoholism is is quite an unfortunate one because it's one that people find hard to empathize with if they see you drunk and sloppy and sad you know it's like oh you know especially like men like when men's mental health dips and they fall into like alcoholism it can mm. and that's how it can manifest it's one of those things that like oh god he's drunk again he's drunk again but yeah. like not not a lot of people mm. are like oh he's suffering again you know um mm. and it's also like it, it can be the same with, with drug addiction and stuff mm. like that it, it's so but then you i guess you want to feel something or numb something uh i guess it's yeah. it, you know it's and it's uh socially acceptable um well not to not to not to be an alcoholic but to you know like i say like, mm. it, if you don't drink alcohol it's it's the only drug that you stop taking and people are like what's wrong with you like you're like why <laughs> yeah, you're like that's so <laughs> true you know yeah. i
1: was talking about this recently with someone just just to finish off what i was just saying that you know it was it was an escapism that i used to use it as and um you know i I used to laugh at it at the time and now i look back at it and it's actually quite you know shameful and um and i used to drink a hell of a lot and i used to say drinking is my escape because my brain turns off Mm -hmm. and i just it's just like flatline, dude, and you know i'm just that that little girl with that puppet clown on channel 4 at 4 a.m. <laughs> when you watch it just the gray screen <laughs> that's that's what i used to felt happen to my brain and it was a, it was a break from the 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 insane chaotic you know constantly whirring thoughts and i used to get incredibly incredibly drunk um, and people would say i looked like a vacant toad wow yeah <laughs> and they would see a vacancy in me and there's nothing going on behind the eyes and they were like are you actually okay are you having a good time and I'm like no 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 I am I'm where I want to be this is that that's, that's my choice mm. but you know now I look back and think that you know that escapism that vacancy that you were chasing successfully you know is incredibly incredibly dangerous but I was talking recently about um about not drinking with some friends and how, it's it's genuinely offensive to not drink. Mm-hmm. So a, a group of four of you, and all of you are having a drink, or even worse, you know, two of you, mm. and you go for a drink, and one person gets a beer, and the other person gets a a soda water. You're sort of you're ducking out of this agreement that we're both gonna like, we're both gonna let our hair down, we're both mm-hmm. gonna get silly, we're both maybe gonna make fools of ourselves, but you're not. You're gonna sit there, and you're gonna you know potentially. Judge, you, mm. you know, you're 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 better than them in some way. Like, oh no, I'm I'm not going to enter into this sort of like you know yeah. agreed silliness. Mm. And 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 suddenly you've got this this judicator, this yeah. observer, the umpire looking at you, looking down at you, being like, oh yeah, well, okay, go ahead, go be idiots. And I'm you know I'm going to be on the soda water, and I'm I'm going to remember what you all say tomorrow morning and and remind you of it. And it's a you know, not only is it uncomfortable, but it's you know, it it, it, it almost ruins the ruins the feeling. It ruins the vibe. Oh, of if, course, yeah. You know, a couple of you go out and one of you, one of you's just gonna stay sober. Suddenly, the whole evening is not as fun, and I I do completely empathize with that. And I think that, you know, you you have to have a great deal of willpower and 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 self care to not drink in those scenarios and be like, sorry, you know. I am they're not going to come, or you've got to deal with the fact that I'm I'm on the water, and in some ways it is it is you know very antisocial mm. and uh, and can ruin a ruin a, a catch up an evening.
0: Absolutely, and I think it can be disconcerting for the other person because they're like, oh, like there's an imbalance here. I'm getting inebriated mm. and you're not, and even if you don't judge, the other person might feel judged, and it reminds me of um, when I used to uh, sort of. Um, do, I guess, more recreational psychedelic gatherings. I had a rule that, like, everyone had to be high. There was no one there that wasn't high mm. because it's mm. even wor- it's even way more accentuated if you're, like, all <laughs> high on uh, mushrooms or, or LSD or something, and then there's one guy like, what's it like, man? And you're like, oh, you're <laughs> such a buzzkill. Like, shut up. Like, <laughs> sorry, but you're not welcome here. Like, sorry. Just go away. Um, you, you've either got to be on the level or, or not at all. Like, not no offense like we can hang out tomorrow but right now we're in the woods we're all like touching trees you don't understand so go away (laughs) but yeah yeah, yeah. so it is it is weird yeah like um but i guess that's a bit different because like you we're like oh let's we're all gonna go out and take psychedelics and if one person's like i'd like to come but you know I don't want to take psychedelics. I'm Like, well, no offense, but you're not welcome. Uh, whereas if you go to a mm. pub where it's like, you know, it's it's socially acceptable, and you're like, oh, why are you not drinking? Um, you know, you just, I'm driving is a good is a good um mm. excuse, I guess. But why would you need an excuse if you don't drink? And also, yeah. um, like you said, if you're going for a catch up with a friend, and they're like, oh, you know, I really need to go out. Let's go have a beer. And you're like, oh, I've got a soda mm. water. And they're like, oh, so you're not in it with me. And uh, you're like, oh, mm. oh I've been sober for five years, man. Like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I understand. I understand. It is a is a, it is an interesting thing. I want to kind of segue away a little bit, if you don't mind, because uh, I wanted to talk about some other coping mechanisms, like one that I mm. have recently, and it is um, YouTube addiction. Uh, I realised that recently I had a YouTube addiction. I spent, I think, eight hours one day. Uh, just looking at YouTube videos Mm. and I remember at the end of it thinking what am I doing with my life like why am I watching so much YouTube and I couldn't understand it so actually it was two back-to-back days and it was between eight and ten hours of YouTube Mm. a day so it was like a weekend of like nothing but just screen time and I remember thinking this is unhealthy like why am I doing this Uh, I just don't understand uh, like and I was blaming YouTube I was like YouTube's addictive like the algorithm Mm. just serves up serves me up nonsense and Luckily, I am equipped with the tools and the psychedelics to have a ceremony and some lots of introspection. And I want to stress that this doesn't have to involve psychedelics. If you relate to this, if you're listening, um, Mm. If you have an unhealthy coping mechanism, I had to journal about it and be like, why am I looking at YouTube so much? Like, what is it about YouTube? And I was stressing about, like, you know, social media isn't the same. When you go on Facebook or Instagram, you don't see anymore what your friends are up to. Oh, my friend went on holiday and he shared some lovely pictures. You just don't see that anymore. It's reels. It's YouTube shorts. It's like the lowest common denominator of, of, you know, stupid entertainment that's addictive so I was like, you know, this is silly. Like, th- these apps are, the, uh, are at fault. And perhaps in some way, they're t- totally not completely innocent. But I remember thinking, right, I'm going to sit down. And I was just like, you know, why is this? And... It's recently got cold. I recently had um, a beautiful trip to Bucharest and a beautiful trip to Paris as well. And um, on the surface, if you'd looked at my Instagram highlight reel, you'd be like, oh, he's having a great time when actually I was suffering, um, so which is another beautiful thing. If you see uh, acknowledgement, you know, if you see people having a great time on Instagram, it does not mean that they're having a great time in real life. The Instagram mm. highlight reel is so false. Uh, if you're comparing yourself to anyone on Instagram, please stop. Um so I came back from Paris, and it was when I come back from Paris, uh, which I've got some funny stories I'd like to tell you about Paris, but uh, I, uh, there was a problem with the car. There were a few things, um, like the car, the heaters stopped working, there was a leak in the car, the windows were steaming up, it was pretty stressful. I got home, and I spent two days in bed, like, looking at YouTube, and I remember thinking, this is awful, this is not making me feel any better. So, after, so during my ceremony, I was like, why am I doing this? Like, why am I doing this? And I remember looking up at a light, so Chris has a light in her bedroom, which is like a UV light, so it's like shining down on some cacti, and they're all getting nourished from this artificial sunlight, and I remember thinking, oh that's me, like that's my phone, and the cacti is me, like I'm a cactus getting nourished from this artificial light from my phone, when I should be getting nourished from the sunshine, I should be out snowboarding, and I should be out having fun, but instead it's snowing and I'm, I'm not excited. Everyone in town is, oh, it's snowing. Oh, we're going to go snowboarding. We're going to have such a great season. For me, I'm like, my playground is now my prison. You know, like the things that I used to love doing, like snowboarding, I lived to snowboard, man. And now it makes me sad. And if you ask me, I'll say, oh, I'm not sad about snowboarding. I'm over it. You know, like that was, yeah, it was a tough over, over the first few years, but I'm over it. Turns out I'm not. I'm sad because I don't like winter. <laughs> Uh, I live in a ski resort. It's hard to get around in a wheelchair when it's snowing. And I miss snowboarding. I miss snowboarding so much. I miss the excitement of when the snow falls. It's like the, it's the polar opposite. Every time I see that it's snowing, I'm like, oh, fuck. And also now my, my car doesn't defrost because the heaters don't work. And it's added stress on top of that. And like you said, when alcohol numbs you and you're like, you're like, well, mm. when I'm watching nonsense on YouTube, I'm not thinking about my car being Mm. broken. I'm not thinking about how sad I am that I can't snowboard anymore, how hard it is to live with a disability in a ski resort, how much I rely on my car, you know, um, that's on the fritz. I just, I just, I can switch off. And I'm like, oh, that's, it's not YouTube. I mean, don't get me wrong. YouTube's not completely innocent, but that's why I'm looking Mm. at YouTube. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not getting nourished by the sunlight I'm getting nourished by my phone and it's like a digital pacifier. And it's, it was tough. It was, in fact, do you know what? It's, it was once I put my finger on it, I was like, Oh, okay, cool. I can do something about this now. And yeah, I do still, there is a part of me that really enjoys looking at YouTube videos. Uh, a guy came into work the other day and he said, I said, oh, how was your weekend? I was like, oh, it was great, man. I just watched YouTube. It was great. And I was like, oh, that's amazing because he was rewarding himself because he's been so busy. He he enjoyed that downtime and like watching YouTube mm. is a fairly enjoyable past pastime. If you watch stuff that you enjoy, um, it's kind of like just watching a series on Netflix or, or, you know, it's a form of escapism. Mm. It's a form of downtime, but again, like having a drink is fun, but you know, you know, binging alcohol for a weekend is not fun. You know, mm. you end up feeling shit. I basically had a hangover, <laughs> um, from my yeah. screen time and mm. it was interesting and it was lovely to, Again, have the tools to do it. I I, I don't think you need psychedelics. I just think you need um, some alone time, some journaling, some introspection. Just ask yourself why. Mm. Um, Psychedelics definitely help. I think uh, even some some edibles could really help uh, inspire that introspection. But you can get there without it. And it was so valuable for me to put my finger on, oh, this is why. You know, it's not YouTube's fault. Mm. Uh, it's it's a coping mechanism and it's an unhealthy one but, you know, it's preferable to alcoholism, it's preferable to drug use Um but it's, it's a waste of my time. I don't want to get to the end of my life and be like, oh, I wish I'd looked at my phone less which I think mm. about all the time. I think, I still think like so many people are going to get to the end of their lives and be like, shit, I really wish I'd, you know, looked, I, I lived a little more and like looked at other mm. people's lives on YouTube a little bit less or, you know, um mm. and I just, yeah, it was tough, um, but beautiful at the same time. you be like, "Oh, yeah, that's why." Um,
1: so, yeah. Can I ask you a question? I imagine uh, a part of that tough pill that you had to swallow um, was the fact that you've come you've come so far since your injury. Uh, and obviously, you've done a lot to, to get over, you know, the trauma that it was like mentally and physically. And, and you've been successful in, in like the, the new life that you've cultivated for yourself. And I guess it seems like it's almost you're ashamed that you still have to go through that pain on the face of it or you know on the outwardly you're like oh yeah no i've i've taken care of that i've got over it and this is what i do now but actually you know like every time the clocks go back and it gets dark and then it gets light again with the seasons we're like oh it's so weird i don't remember it getting this dark this early we're always surprised we never get used to that every six months it changes and every six months we're surprised and it's that likewise the same with snowboarding you know you probably think you've got over it and then you've got this double-edged sword that comes in to just cut, cut your legs from under you literally <laughs> and it's just like you get to be angry about the snow like oh why do I hate the snow now oh because it you know it makes it difficult I've got to clear the snow off my car it's difficult to move the wheelchair but actually you know really those those inconveniences are uh, are a scapegoat for you know the devastation that you have to repeatedly experience, that like oh, I don't get to do that thing that used to my life used to be about. Like it's a an extreme sport that I was dedicated to, like really talented at, and you know enjoyed, mm. you know moved my life so that I could do it all the time. And you mm. you have to you have to look down the barrel of that every every six months, every nine months, and be like, oh, here it is again i got to do that. And then you're just like, oh, well, instead of being sad at that, I'll just be angry at the snow on my car. And you've got this, you know, it's just hitting you from two angles. And I guess it must be very difficult for you having felt like you've overcome it. But you have to look down the
0: barrel of it again and again. Yeah, man, that's um, maybe quite emotional, you saying that. And this is such a immensely... A cute example of having such a great connection and a good friend. For you to give that reply, and you've hit the nail on the head, man. Like, what you just said just hits home so hard. And I'm so grateful to have you in my life, man. Like, I'm kind of getting a little bit emotional now, but, like, that is exactly how it is. It's exactly how it is. Like, yeah, even, gen like, everybody... Like you say, everybody, every six months is like, oh, yeah, winter sucks, doesn't it? I forgot winter sucks. Like, if you're living in the UK, for example, well, or no offence to people in the UK, but generally, if you're not living in a ski resort, winter is a shit time. It gets dark, it gets rainy, it gets cold, and you're like, oh, yeah, we've got to put up with this until next summer. And then are like, hey, summer's here. And it kind of, like, hits you every year, like, oh, like, why am I why am I sad? Oh, yeah, winter um, but mm. it is, like you say, a double-edged sword. Because I used to look forward to winter. I used to do back-to-back winters. Like I used to, love, I love winter so much. I used to bloody, you know, I used to skip summer by flying to the southern mm. hemisphere. And um, yeah, it's a double-edged sword. Because like I'm like, oh my god, yeah. Like not only is winter does winter suck. It's it's an acute reminder of not only the things I can't do, but how I got injured and the life I used to live. And I guess I can be forgiven for. You know, like indulging in some YouTube, and and I guess I don't know. I I've, I really don't know what to do. I mean, I I feel like I've put it behind me, but I guess I guess it still does make me sad. Like periodically, like every year, it comes around, and mm. I guess well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm also thrilled about Christmas. You know, I just I guess yeah. I, I guess it blindsided me. I guess maybe I I didn't expect it, uh, and and, I, and maybe I should just be like, oh, you know, like next time winter comes around you will get these feelings and trying to try to deal with it Mm. in a more positive uh, or sort of helpful way and don't, you know, try and escape it and sort of face it head on and be a bit more prepared, I guess. Um, But yeah, I guess it just seems to blindside me every time.
1: Well, I think, I think you can give yourself, you can try and give yourself a break because the point is that it, it sounds succinct, sounds intrinsically linked to that one would, you know, you know recenter in a new life you know have new and different passions and you know move forward like you like you have you know in in your in your own personality in, in your own mental health you know generally moving away from like what you, what you've labeled as a, a hedonistic lifestyle mm. and you know you you come into a more you know open and and you know giving shall we say like, um, perspective, but in turn, that sort of, that sort of, that sort of needs to come with the fact that you don't care about that anymore. Like, I know I'm over it. I don't mind about the snowboarding. I don't mind about the winter, but actually, you know, you, that can kind of, that's allowed to be an injury forever. You That's allowed to make you sad forever. Mm -hmm. You don't have to put on that like happy face when someone's like, oh, hey, Freddo, like walking past you in the supermarket with their snowboard ready to go, mm. you know, how's it going? What are you up to? You know, you, you, you can, you can, you know, it can be crap for you. It's mm. not, um, you know, you don't, you're, you're not forced into this box of like, oh, don't worry, you know, I, I've got over it and I, you know, I've, I've got a podcast and I do art now and whatever. Mm. You're, you're allowed to have this still be an injury that, you know, is actually quite tender.
0: Yeah, thanks man. That's that's really helpful. I um I think it just reminds me how hard life is with a disability because I sometimes plaster over it and be like, "No, nah, it's all right." Like I'm I'm and I do feel very very lucky in so many ways. I've got a great uh, apartment that's uh, wheelchair accessible. I've got a car that um I can drive I've got friends I've my life is buff like it's so good I am in the upper echelon of human beings on the planet and I'm reminded of that daily when I talk when I you know write in my gratitude journal which is you know saved me I I, I heard a, I heard a great uh quote uh, and I wanted to bring it up on the podcast it said gratitude journaling every day is brings you the same amount of happiness as doubling your income and I was like what I was like I couldn't believe it but um uh, Ali Abdal yeah. said it on uh, on the Chris William podcast, uh, on the Modern Wisdom podcast recently. And I was like, oh, that is something mm. I want to regurgitate for sure. Gratitude journaling has the same effect on one's happiness as doubling your income. So that, you know, that is cool. a, bold, loaded, then. a bold statement, but it's really helped me. <laughs> but it does really remind me that like while I'm like, yeah, no, it's OK. I'm in a wheelchair. You guys are stood up like, yeah, yeah you don't have to call me an inspiration. It's all right. It's fine. You know, I, I, I get on all right. It is fucking hard. It's 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 a lot, a lot. It's objectively very a lot. I'm playing life on hard mode when everyone else is. Mm. Well, I say playing on easy, but I'm re- I'm reluctant to say that because I have a strong pillars of mental health. My mental health is robust. You know, I do have dips, but I've got a good connection. So I I I am playing life on hard in in like physically, but mentally and emotionally, I I've got it easy. So I don't want to, you know, I don't mm. ever want to paint myself as a victim. But I guess sometimes mm. when these things happen, I am acutely aware that like life is a little bit harder with a disability, mm. and it makes me sad. And I and I don't like I'm like I don't want to get down about my disability because sometimes I've I've reframed it in such a positive light over and over again. Like oh, it's fine, mm. you know. Like like you say, I've got a podcast now, I've got a YouTube channel, I've got you know beautiful friends. I write mm. in my gratitude journal every day. But yes, it snows. I can't mm. go outside. I can't check my post box. You know. <laughs> mm. um, so yeah, I think I'm allowed to be a bit sad about it, and yeah. I shouldn't let it surprise me. I think that you know, I I, I don't
1: doubt that objectively. Obviously, it's harder to to, to navigate life uh, with a disability in a wheelchair specifically. And as far as everyone is concerned, everyone is playing life on hard. Like everyone's mm. got their own version of like I'm playing life on hard because da 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 da, da. and this is this is what makes it hard for me. If I, I I guess you know. No, I'm playing on life on hard because of whatever, and so and so is playing life on hard because of whatever, and you're playing life on hard because of the wheelchair. If you know you got snap click, and you got your legs back, you then get to go play life on easy. Um, yeah. But it would become it would it would become hard in time. Like if someone just snapped you back to having having your legs. Uh, in working order i guarantee you in like a year two years time you would be playing life on hard again but for what reason we we, we can only speculate it's uh
0: life is only as as hard as it as hard can be for you i guess so i think i over romanticize how easy my life was before i'm like oh you know i used to go snowboarding <laughs> every day i used to I had stressful times, but I genuinely think my life was a lot easier. I think I was probably a le- little bit less grateful, a little bit more entitled. Um, mm. But I genuinely do... Again, maybe I'm over-romanticizing it. I definitely did have some some issues and struggles. But mm. on the whole, I was living a pretty buff lifestyle. And yeah, I don't know. Mm. Anyway, um, moving on from this, there is something I wanted to tell you um, before the end of the podcast. And it was to do with... Um, my trip to Paris, because I think it's worth mm. uh, talking about like Instagram versus reality. So I recently had a trip to Bucharest uh, with Skidi Gonzalez, my employers, and they, it was the, probably the, one of the best holidays I've ever been on. It was amazing. Uh, I got picked up from my house, taken to the airport, you know, get on this plane, uh, go to this hotel in a, in a transfer, you know, meet here at six o'clock. Then we're going to go to an escape room. Then we're going to eat at this restaurant. You can order whatever you like. It's all free. Uh, and then, you know, the days went on. We had a, um, a cycle tour of the city uh they they rented a wheelchair uh wheelchair bike for me so i could join them all uh, i made a beautiful video edit of it like it was it was so so lovely and it was it was great and, and we got ubers everywhere which was really cool so i i thought like they they, you know, we both were on this learning journey of like, how's Fred going to get around Bucharest in a wheelchair? Uh, Of course Mm. I I can get in a car, right? So I can get in an Uber. And it was just like, oh yeah, sweet. We don't have to hire a a minibus or a van or anything. We'll just like, you know, he can transfer in the front seat. We'll chuck his wheelchair in the back. And it was so cool. And we it was so lovely. So when it came time to come to Paris, I was like, oh, I'm filled with, I'm filled with like um, enthusiasm. I'm like, oh, you know, I've got coming off the back of Bucharest. It was great but it was actually really stressful man um for many many reasons i'll try and keep the story as succinct as possible but when you when you have an itinerary and everything's planned for you it takes so much stress out of it when you've got a plan and pay for everything like every time you pay for something you're like Ooh, ouch you know like every time <laughs> uh you've got to pick uh, an activity to do uh it's um it it's a friction point you know anyway we drive to the train station it's 2 hours away we get there and the I couldn't find a parking space. There's three massive car parks, but you've got to book parking in advance. And I was like, I haven't booked parking in advance. Oh my god! What, like the train's gonna leave without us. Uh, anyway, f- luckily, you know, wheelchair um, VIP. Uh, what's the word? Uh, treatment. Treatment. I I found a wheelchair accessible parking space and I was like amazing so I got in there I was like I don't know if it's all right to to leave it there for four days or whatever but anyway we managed to get to the train on time you know we got there it was just it was just like like we got to the train station it took us an hour to get out of the train station in paris because it was just so complicated we wanted to get like public transport for like the more authentic experience when we should have just got an uber uh we finally got to the hotel but we ended up going through this muddy building site so by the time i'd got to the hotel my wheelchair was filthy and i hate it when my wheelchair gets filthy like if you get (laughs) dirty shoes you can take them off but it's not i don't have that same you know so then the hotel room got dirty and i was like oh god anyway um (laughs) These, are all, these all sound like real first world problems, but the next... We did have some brilliant times, don't get me wrong. I'm just, for comedic sake, I'm just paint, I'm painting the, the stressful times. We went to the Louvre, and one of the great things about the Louvre was... Um, that we get in for free, right? Um, and there's this huge queue, and I made a cool little, like, video for Instagram. I was like, where we're going, we don't need queues. And we, like, we got to, like, cut <laughs> cut the line, and we got in for free. And uh, and the Louvre was amazing. Don't get me wrong, it was insane. So we went to, the, like, one of the first rooms... And it was a beautiful room, big high ceilings, a big mural on a beautiful painting on the ceiling. You know, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Huge picture of Louis XIV, looking a bit camp to be fair. But uh, that was the stuff. He had like red high heel shoes on, it was very weird. But anyway, um, and I was just like, wow, this is incredible, priceless artwork everywhere. You go to the second room, it's the same. You're like, oh my God, there's another one. You know, you're looking up, all the bloody artworks on the ceiling, right? So I'm looking up and everything's like, oh, amazing. And it's it's absolutely overwhelmingly beautiful. But then you get to the eighteenth, nineteenth room, you're like, oh yeah. I mean, to be fair, like this is really watered down the experience of that first room. They're all the same. They're all fucking samesy. Like you look up at the at the ceiling, you're like, oh yeah, crikey, fuck it Just some more artwork. My neck's hurting. Have you got any artwork at eye level? Jesus Christ, it must be painful to live in this place. Um, it's an impressive place, isn't it? But there's nine miles of artwork. So, you know, after four hours, <laughs> oh we were we were quite, you know, tired. We were like, yeah, I'm, I'm hungry, let's go. Getting out of the Louvre was so... We had to find our way out of the Louvre. You can't just like, okay, let's bounce. You've got to find the exit. <laughs> and like, oh my God, it was... Especially in a wheelchair, you got to like find that some lifts weren't working. We had to get, you know finally get out and we're trying to like find a place to eat I saw this lovely place I was like look at that they've got a full mule like a, a meal deal um, let's let's go here there's an empanada uh, for starter there's a beef stroganoff and then there's a, a melon and mozzarella dessert I was like what that sounds incredible let's do that yes, and Chris please. was like nah let's keep looking I was like oh okay so we kept looking like for the perfect <laughs> little place I was getting hungrier and hungrier I had a banging headache that had like come on like in the Louvre probably <laughs> oh, from like gosh. looking up at the ceiling so much and then um and then we also had tickets to Cirque du Soleil uh we ended up eating in this place we just had an omelette and I was just like I was like oh god I really wish I went into the first place um I realized this is coming across as such a bloody like entitled rant but it was it was stressful so then we so Ubers are amazing right you like because for someone who's not living in a city uh ordering an Uber is such a novelty for me I'm like oh my god there's an app you just be like okay cool and like the Uber's like, yeah, I'm three minutes away. Boom. We actually got a Tesla Uber. like, And I was like, fuck, this is so cool. Um, So then we were like, oh, we need to get to the Cirque du Soleil. So we need to go back to the hotel, get changed, probably you know, have time for a shower, maybe like a little power nap, and then go. And all of a sudden, it was rush hour traffic. Long story short, we ended up going straight to Cirque du Soleil, and it took us two hours in the Uber because it was on the outskirts of Paris, and we're idiots, and we didn't do our research. And we ended up getting there. And I was really, I was car sick because like, you know, rush hour traffic, it's not exactly smooth. It's like, go, stop, go, stop. Mm. Got to the Cirque du Soleil and they're like, oh, the um, disabled seats are right at the front. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then you've got these acrobats that are jumping like 10 meters in the air on the on the trampoline. And I'm like, oh God, I'm looking up again. I spent all day looking at the ceiling at the Louvre <laughs> and now I'm right at the front seat in Cirque du Soleil. Can you jump a little lower, please? <laughs> So uh, we got back, and basically it was uh, it was like a it was you know it, it sounds weird because like oh you got to go to the Louvre and you got to see Cirque du Soleil, but it's the experiencing self versus the remembering self. It was a mm. stressful time. I know it sounds silly, but it was um, mm. it was it was it was you know oh so anyway, I just want to end on this other. There were some other things that were just kind of stressful about it, but I want to end on this one, which is so so funny. So. We were in the hotel and uh, I was doing a I was doing a poo and it's a little bit embarrassing. But for those of you that Shocks. don't know, we've
1: got a poo story coming up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Another poo story. But for some of you that don't know, I uh, I'm a paralysed uh, paraplegic, so I have a bowel issues. So how I poo is I have to manually, I use a uh, a technique called manual stimulation or manual evacuation. So it involves a rubber glove and some lube, and I put my finger in my bottom and uh, you know manually. Uh, loosen my sphincter and sort of like you know the poo comes out anyway uh i'm in the i'm in the (laughs) we've got graphic here well (laughs) it gives context like this is what i do every day i mean it sucked like when i first got the diagnosis but you know you do it every day it becomes your normal this is my new normal Mm. this is how i poo Mm. but anyway so i'm I'm in the toilet and and i want to stress this is a windowless room the door is closed the lights are on and i'm doing a poo and i'm halfway through the poo and i hear chris leave the hotel room and i was like I really hope she didn't take the hotel key because, you know, when you go into the hotel, you put like the key card in the thing. She did. Mm. And there was a delay. And then all of a sudden, boom, the lights are off. And I was like, no. And I was like, Chris, (laughs) I was shouting. I was like literally in a dark windowless room, a handful of shit between my legs. And I was like, no, no. (laughs) I'm like fully in- encased in darkness. I'm like, this is the worst case scenario ever. And I was screaming at the top of my lungs and I was trying to like fiddle for my phone with my non-dominant hand being like, I know it's here somewhere. I know it's here somewhere. Grabbing the phone and being like, Chris, come back here immediately. You idiot. You've taken the key card out and I'm in darkness. I've got a handful of poo here. Like for God's sake, you idiot. And, uh, and she was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. I'll come back immediately. Um, so like I waited like a couple of minutes and I heard the door open and the, the key card go back and the light come back on. I was like, oh, thank goodness. And I was shouting, I was like, oh, one of the things I'm very grateful for is that she actually left the room because I was so acutely annoyed. I couldn't, I was like ready to have a go at her, but I realized it was just (laughs) that, It was just an innocent mistake, but I needed that time to, like, finish my poo, yeah. you know, like, kind of like, you know, okay, I'm cleaned up now, you know, it, you know, nothing bad actually happened, just, like, a, a, an acute spike of stress when the, when I was plunged into yeah. darkness, mid-shit, and, uh, and, you know, it was so funny, so, yeah, so she came back to the room, and I was like, oh, God, you know, we had a laugh, um, but, yeah, so that was a funny story I wanted to tell you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so good, fantastic.
0: Also, when the I was on the toilet, uh, when the lights came back on, I realized that the footplate on my wheelchair had broken. Like uh, it, it, it like it was hanging on by a thread, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Mm. But immediately, because of my gratitude practice, I remember thinking, "Oh my god!" And yes, my wheelchair's pretty much broken. But how lucky am I that it didn't break on the first day of the holiday? Because that would have sucked. Mm. I'm like, "Yeah, that really needs some attention. It needs to be welded up, probably." But I was like, oh, so that added to the stress. And then again, the car, you know, the heaters on the way back. uh, They stopped working. The car filled with steam. The carpets were wet. I got back from Paris, mate, and I was stressed to the max. And it wasn't it was far from (laughs) a relaxing holiday. It was a far from the romantic break in uh, in Paris that that the Instagram highlight rule (laughs) would lead you to believe, you know. (laughs) So uh, so there you go.
1: Well, it's good. That's good to hear, man. It's and and again, it's nice. It's nice to speak in this air about stuff, and you know, I, I I really do think it's important to 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 leave space for for you know times not to be perfect, and we do spend a lot of time, you know, saying, oh, just just be grateful, just be grateful, just be grateful. But you know, you know, life's not always roses, and uh, I think it's important that we've uh, we got, we got time to talk about that as well, man. So, um, sorry, Paris wasn't uh, the the delicious romantic trip that it. It could have been. Uh, I'm sure you you made the best of it a few times, and it sounds like Bucharest was uh, was an absolute dream. So uh, swings and roundabouts, my friends, swings and roundabouts.
0: It was indeed, but I don't like I like I've I've hammed it up for comedic effect. But there mm. were some beautiful moments, uh, and to be honest, mm. I'm so glad I saw the Louvre. Like, I'm so glad I saw the beautiful monuments. But again, there were so many of them. Like, you just throw a mm. stone and you hit a bloody palace or some sort of listed building mm. in Paris. They, it waters mm. down the experience. Everywhere you go, you're like, oh, another one, another one. You're like, it's, it's, it's too much. It, it's overwhelming for the senses. But um, again, mm. so if you're well, going to go to Paris, <laughs> bear that in I'll,
1: mind. I'm going to take, take a mirror. I'll take a mirror and then I'll just I'll just have it in front of me in the Louvre, <laughs> so that I can just point it at the ceiling and I can just look at the mirror
0: and go through the Louvre like that. I tell you what though, I did have I did have some really fun times in the Louvre. I was filming on my 360 camera, so it was like sort of was like uh, stuck out on my um, wheelchair, and I was I would say things out loud that were like like really. F- so I would wait until there were people that I knew spoke English, and I would like I would put on a bit of an act and I'd be like, whoa this would be impressive without the acid. <laughs> and just like watch their reactions. They were so funny. There was this guy with his daughter and he was like, okay, we're moving to the next room. The wheelchair guy's on drugs. <laughs> oh, hello. Yeah, it was very, very funny. Um, but yeah, uh, anyway, so that was Paris. I really wanted to tell you that story on the podcast because uh, I've mm. waited long enough, but I think it's a, it's a comedic yeah, story that people well. will have a giggle at.
1: Oh I love it, I love a good poo story man. so um so I think that's uh that's an appropriate time as any to um to wrap this one up.
0: Yeah, man, I think so. I think so. Um, well, I just want to say um before we wrap this up, this has been I feel like uh almost like a live therapy session. <laughs> um, normally we like <laughs> yeah, exchange like fun anecdotes, too. but this was really really quite a special podcast and I hadn't anticipated it being so so deep I was like you know I said you know before what are we going to talk about oh you know talk about Christmas and what I'm grateful for and it turned out to be Mm. uh, beautiful it's actually interesting that I was just on a a podcast about men's mental health and they Mm. asked me is your podcast about mental health and I said "Mm, not really but then I realized that it kind of is like this not always Mm. but like some of the stuff we've shared on previous episodes I kind of feel like this is a a mental health podcast or at least this was certainly a mental health episode and uh thank well, you so much yeah. for um listening and and you know being there
1: well likewise man i mean we do a lot of conversations and sharing um off the podcast as well as on and i and while this might not be a mental health uh podcast i feel that it is uh a podcast for mental health so it's something that we do for our mental health and you know there's more than a few people that have um that have congratulated us um, individually for you know having having a safe space that we we do you know talk openly about you know emotions and stuff like this and it's uh, it's not the um, you know it's not necessarily the norm and and it is and it is great to have this this space and this time and and I believe it's something that we we both do that you know does a lot for our mental health and maybe we don't talk about mental health a lot but you know. We do get deep, and uh, and we do um, do have a good yarn, and we do nurture uh, a pretty valuable connection. So, um, so cheers to that! And
0: uh, absolutely, and merry and just Christmas. One more note before we sign off. Um, I just want to give a shout out. I mean, to... Make it
1: quick, because I am dying for a wee.
0: <laughs> <laughs> me too. I will make it quick, but uh, I want to give a shout out to Ben Rogers and Eva McCabe. They both sent me um, uh, screenshots of, and we are uh, we they are that we are the top one they are the top one percent of listeners to our podcast in their spotify wrapped they they'd listen to oh, nice. god knows how many hours of us are waffling on so i think if they're if they are our two number one fans i've got to give them a shout out so thanks so much for your support thanks so much for listening and to everyone else listening merry christmas guys have a beautiful time over the festive period and uh you know reach out make some connections and uh yeah peace and love
1: Oh, amazing. Well yeah, as as always, thanks for your ears, thanks for your time. Keep grateful hearts and open minds.
0: Beautiful. Real quick. Um what did one snowman say to the other? Can you smell carrots? (laughs) 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 Oh right, yeah. Peace and love. New
1: festive plonker.